before we get started with anything, why don't we pray? Let's do that. Okay. Well, Father, I thank you so much for this opportunity to gather around your word, to gather in your name. Lord, I ask that you would speak through Matthew and I this morning and that you would receive glory, that faith would be imparted to the hearers, Lord, by your spirit. And Lord, that we would not just be hearers, but doers of the word, Lord, that our lives would reflect who you are. Lord, not just on Sunday mornings, but all throughout the week. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, good morning. Um, For those of you who do not know me, my name is Annie Lahan. I oversee our children's ministry here at Grace Church. I'm the kids pastor. And this is my amazing, handsome husband. Ow, ow! (laughs) My name is Matthew. It's nice to meet you all if I have not met you. (laughs) And amazingly, the military let him off work today um, because he is actually on military duty today. They the Lord off work for a period, yeah, a period of time, of time <laughs> to come and do this. So we are super thankful that we're getting to do this. Um, it's really neat because the way that this played out and the way this has come about, just to paint a picture before we get into the teach this morning, um, was Pastor Steve was praying about who is going to teach in his absence whenever he was on vacation with his family. And he said, Annie, I'm, my office is right next to his. And he's like, Annie, I keep having this vision of you and Matthew going up and teaching together. And it was funny because one of the things I've treasured in my heart is I have had a vision of Matthew and I coming up to teach together for years, like five years or so. And no, it was four, four years, four years, <laughs> four, four years. <laughs> You're cute. Um, and so I didn't know what that looks like. And it was just cool to see the father's timing in that and that the Lord made it so because it logistically right. looked like it was not going to be possible. Well, and we don't always banter the friendliest. Yeah. Sometimes we're catty. <laughs> um, <laughs> so this has been a stretching experience for us as well, but it's, it's been, been good. good. It's been a lot. It's been really good. Um, Matthew and I, um, our relationship is just about as long as he's been here at Grace yeah, Church. Um, in 20, years. 2010, mm-hmm. we met each other and started dating, and he started attending here. But I've been at Grace Church since I was nine years old. I am one of the OGs, the original Gracers. And so I've seen this church transform. You guys, we were, we were having kids' church in a shed with a four-foot or six-foot table and folding chairs at our other building whenever I was a kid learning about the Ten Commandments. Um, is Jenna Layton? No, she's not here. If you're here on the front row. Um, she was original gracer too. Um, and so things have mightily transformed, right? We have so many families that have come and been a part of this church and a part of the vision here of advancing God's kingdom one heart at a time. Um, it's been amazing to watch the Lord transform us and... Um, us grow. It's been incredible. So we are going, is there anything I'm missing that we wanted to touch on first? We are going to get in the word today. We do not have slides because I didn't have them ready by Thursday, if I'm just being honest, but you all have Bibles in front of you. If you are on the front row, there's Bibles underneath of you. You'll have to rock, paper, scissor with the Yeah, with the person row. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What do we do about that? Share. Okay, so if you guys will grab your Bibles, we're going to read our paper Bibles today. Okay, we're going to get in the Word in Luke 
3, 21 through 22, we're going to skip the genealogy of Jesus this morning, and it's not because we don't value it, okay? Um, the names are hard to say, but it's also not the meat we're getting into this morning. So just for the sake of time and context, we're not going to include that. That's the gap in the scriptures that we're going to look at. But Matthew? Yeah, so I'm on a fun note, like if you've never read the genealogy, like while those names don't mean much to us, if you if you search like who those people were, especially if it's if, if there's a female name, which may not be intuitive. but um, Yeah. What is a female name? Sure. Whatever their Hebrew right. name is. Um, <laughs> it's hard to identify. But man, the, there is such richness in that. So so the people that this book would have been written to would have would have heard those. And immediately these flashes and memories would have came mm-hmm. up so that there is a great deal of value in the genealogy. Like she said, we're not. It's just not the bulk of where we're wanting to be today. So in Luke three twenty one, it says, Now when all the people were baptized, and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heavens were opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove, and a voice came from heaven, You are my beloved Son, with you I am well pleased. And then if you will migrate down or over to Luke 4, 1. And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by the devil. And he ate nothing during those days. And when they were ended, he was hungry. The devil said to him, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become bread. And Jesus answered him, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone. And the devil took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time and said to him, To you I will give all this authority and their glory, for it has been delivered to me, and I will give it to whom I will. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. And Jesus answered him, It is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. And he took him to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to guard you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered him, It is said, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and a report about Jesus went throughout all the surrounding country, and he taught in their synagogues, being glorified by all. Wow. So, fun fact, Gretchen and I did not talk before service about this and um she was talking about this is the exact same place that she was in scripture and i plot out our children's lessons um a few months in advance and our kids are actually learning about this exact same passage this morning this is burning on the heart of the father for us to see what is written in the word right here. And whenever Matthew and I were wrestling this out and we were looking at these scriptures and looking at these passages and asking the father, what do you want to draw out of this? It is written. It is written. Amen. And the body of Christ is in a time of revival of Bible revival. There was a season where scripture fell off of us almost. Do you guys remember this? Where we were like, well, do we really need scripture when we have the Holy Spirit? Yes, church, we do. 
<laughs> yes, we do. How did Jesus combat the enemy? It is written. It is written. Yeah. It is written. So whenever Jesus is going into this desert, it says that he was in what relationship with the Holy Spirit? It says he was uh, led. He was yeah. led. But and then the Holy Spirit also rested upon rested. him whenever he was. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, like w- whenever we're not mm-hmm. at peace with one another, right? There's not a lot of resting. <laughs> True. Sure. Um, but it says that he was full. Full. Amen. Full of the Holy Spirit. So he was led by the Holy Spirit. The Father speaks over him this affirmation. This is my son in whom I'm what? Well pleased. Well pleased. That's right. Good job, guys. You're paying attention. So Jesus is the Son of God. We know this. The Father just said so. And he's well pleased with him. Okay? But then the Holy Spirit is the one who leads him into the desert to do what? Uh, to fast for 40 days, not eat. Yeah. So 40 days, if we think about it, like, think about 40 days. That is more than a month. Right? That's, that's almost two Jewish months. It's a lot. It's, it is. It's a long time. Yeah, it's a lot. Um, it's a long time. So sometimes whenever we look at this, we can kind of take for granted, like, well, of course he knew he was the son of God. And of course he knew that he was well pleased with them because he just said so 40 days later, 40 days. I've had people give me a prophetic word and I'm just wrecked. Like, oh my gosh, that was beautiful. You're reading uh-huh, my mail. Thank you, Lord. Praise Every, God. Uh-huh. Bright, sunshiny day. And the next day I'm at work and my boss is like, Hey, listen, we got to talk. And now I'm in the toilet. Like, <laughs> things are not well. I don't know if there is a God. I don't know what I've been giving my life to. Yeah. yeah. Yikes. Yikes. It's real. I mean, it's the flesh. It's embarrassing, but it's real. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, and this is, (laughs) this is not something that Jesus just like got thrown into. And we're going to touch on that. It wasn't like he was unprepared for this moment of confrontation in the wilderness. There's still a lot of choice. (laughs) Yeah. There is a massive amount of choice and exercising of authority, but I want to touch on what this word full means. And if you're taking notes this morning, or if you forgot your notebook, There are index cards in front of you or behind you if you are in the front row. The word full is really important for us to understand because it means abounding and completely occupied with, which brings God's wisdom, grace, and power. So him being full of the Holy Spirit means that he was abounding and completely occupied with the Holy Spirit. What are y'all occupied with this morning? I know um, I was occupied with like, am I actually going to fast what the Lord's asked me to fast the confession while he's writing that up there? Um, So we talked last week that at prayer shield, the Lord has called us to fast at the beginning of this year. And it's not just a traditional food fast, but what are we feeding on? That's not of Christ that he's inviting us to cut off. And for all of us, that's going to look different. Right. And so it was a little bit shocking to me when the Lord told me that I needed to fast vanity and I was wrestling with him this morning. Like, are you going to let me wear makeup Lord? So I don't look sick on this uh, video. And it was like, who cares? (laughs) Like who actually cares unless if the word of God is preached. And so we are all being invited into the fullness of the Holy Spirit being occupied with what he's occupied with. He's not occupied with if I wore foundation this morning. So 
Um, as we're dying to ourselves and dying to these lesser loves and these things that the Lord has asked us to fast from, we are actually discovering how much wisdom, grace, and power you already have. We, we're distracted. We're not actually lacking anything. Um, in America, more times than not, like how many things exist to help us manage all of our excess and organize our excess. And if once I get my house in order and then I can move on to this next thing, it's the excess that's the problem. It's not that we don't have enough. And in the cutting off, we actually can discover what we really have, which is cool. It's beautiful. So Jesus going into the wilderness, he's led by the Holy Spirit to be hungry. So if you're hungry this morning, spirit, soul, or body, it doesn't mean, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're outside of the will of God. Amen. Isn't that exciting? Yeah. Yeah. Or, I mean, if, if something's just not easy. Yeah. 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 Maybe the Holy Spirit is asking you to do something. Right. That's not easy. Well, it reminds me of what Gretchen was talking about, you know, with, with faith, you know, faith is not, is not if I wish properly enough upon the blue fairy. That is not what faith is. Right. You know, it is, it is, there's, there's different letters that, that look, that are faith. You know, there's 4102, 4103 in the Strong's. But one of those is the, the root of that is a noun, which is to change after being with. Mm-hmm. Right. And so like Gretchen was saying, you know, what scripture are you reminded of? And not like, oh, let me just carry around this little banner and wave it. It's no apply that to the doubt and unbelief and let that faith become a pillar in your life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm reminded. um, I'm going to put this here so I don't lose where we're at on our notes. But I'm reminded that faith like a mustard seed will move mountains. Well, it's not. It doesn't have to do with the size of it. We're not talking about size here. We're talking about DNA. Good word. We're talking about source. It's not what it looks like. It's where it's coming from. So it's not you getting up and doing some demonstrative act where you're just trying to build yourself up to go follow through. It's where are you going to derive the, the ability to act. Good word. Right? So Jesus didn't need to repent. He didn't need to repent. But he was baptized in a baptism of repentance as a model for us. And then in that, his father comes and he speaks to him. And then he's led by the father into an uncomfortable place. But he is full. He's abounding in. He's completely occupied with God's wisdom, grace, and power. So who is it that tempts him? He's hungry because of the father. Mm -hmm. He's hungry because the Holy Spirit invited him to be. But who's the one who tempts him? So it says... Uh, the devil is the one who tempted him. Yeah. Does yeah. God tempt us, church? No. no. Is is the enemy a tool in the Father's hands? Absolutely. Right? Yeah. So trials reveal the power of the word, right? They don't actually really stand a chance in competition with it, but our trials reveal the power of of God. So Satan reminded Jesus in all of these in these different instances, mm. he reminded Jesus of real promises. That's good. That were from God concerning Jesus. Written in the scripture. Uh-huh. It is written. But they like were Christian out of saying. context. Sure. Right? So one of the things that I want us to take away from today is not just that we learn Bible um, verses, cute little sticker verses, bumper sticker verses is what I call them. Like, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And those sorts of things out of context. 
Yeah. If we don't understand context, we don't have authority. This is real. Yeah. Because Satan is speaking the word to Jesus. Right. And he's using it out of context and out of the like outside of the character and the nature of the father and yeah. outside of the timing. Jesus was actually tempted. And I think this is something we have to come to grips with is that he was also human. He, he was taking back the authority and the dominion that we delegated back to the enemy when we heard and obeyed him. And so whenever Jesus is experiencing these things, there's real temptation here. There's actual resistance that is necessary. He didn't just blink and like bat it off. He is occupied with the Holy Spirit, but it says he's hungry. Right. And we're all created to be satisfied by that which is eternal. We're not broken for that. We were created to need the resource of the Father. Right. So, all right. What was the first temptation, Matthew? Uh, So the first temptation was a a question of his identity. So he says, if you are the son of God, Mm -hmm. then basically feed yourself like you. You, you should be able to do this, and why should you be hungry? Yeah. If you're the son of God. I remember whenever I was a little kid, and we were learning about these <laughs> temptations, and I was like, why didn't he do it? Like, why didn't he just show the power? Like, why didn't he just bring it down? And the moment that we hear and obey someone else's voice, that's who we're saying has the authority over yeah. us. Well, you had said in, in the right time. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, you know, Jesus turned, fed 14,000. Who knows the actual number? There's the seven. Anyways, but with with the, the rest <laughs> of the masses. Fishes. Yeah, but it was off of two loaves of bread. Like, yeah. I mean, it would have been easier to turn it's rocks into bread. It's not a question if Jesus can turn stones into bread. Right. It's, does he trust the Father that he's not outside of the will of the Father and that he's hungry? And to do it in the right time. Yeah. Right? The, the Lord will actually feed him whenever it's time for him to eat. But I love, what did Jesus say in response to him? Jesus said, um, it is written that man shall not live on bread alone. And so that's actually a call back to Deuteronomy 8.3 where it says, and he humbled and he humbled you and led you let you hunger, sorry, and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know that he might make it known that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So reminder, he was full, but he wasn't full physically. It wasn't that Jesus car bloated for this wilderness session, (laughs) right? Like before a marathon, it was that he was full. He was spiritually full. He went into this place of temptation, knowing the word, knowing his father. We don't see a lot of his life before these moments. There's not a lot of it given to us. And I almost like, I think it's because it's precious to the father and Jesus. It's their secret place story. Yeah. And he's full going into this place. Do you want to go ahead and read Luke 2 since we're talking about the before? Oh, let's wait till we get a little bit further. All right. Yeah, but thank you. Um, Okay, so he's being tempted Mm -hmm. to fill his hunger pangs his own way with the delegated authority that was given to him, which he could have done. It wasn't that he didn't have the power to do it, but he chose to trust his father and he used scripture to combat 
this lie of the enemy. What was the next one, Matthew? Um, my app has suddenly taken me to the Old Testament, so give me a second. <laughs> <laughs> Luke 4, 1 through 15. Mm-hmm. I'm keeping track of time on my phone. Thank you. Um, so the second was... And the devil took him up and showed him all of the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And he said to him, to you, I will give all this authority and their glory, for it has been delivered to me and I give it to whom I will. If then you will worship me, it will all be yours. And Jesus answered him, it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Mm-hmm. So is it a lie that Satan had possession over these things. No. Good job. Way to know your word, people. Um, but why did Satan have it? You can say, you can talk to me. I'm used to teaching kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she said the lifestyles of those nations, but all the way back to the garden. God gave them dominion, right? And I'm a firm believer that um, in the garden, there weren't any difficult things. Like, I think that they had to navigate things, but they did it with God. Because you have the tree of life, and then you have the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, right? You have good and bad, but then you have life. And life has complications, right? It has like soil we till up and seeds that we plant and seed time and harvest, but there's satisfaction in that work. That work, work is not the curse, right? Thorns and thistles like that by the sweat of your brow. That's the curse. It's whenever work became something that stole the joy, whenever it became this constant checklist. Am I good? Am I bad? Am I good? Am I bad? Do I do good? Do I do bad? Right. Like, is it going to be a good year or a bad year? What if it's a God year? Mm, what Lord if he's with home. you? And so in this place, he's, he's taking back the point of view that he has to go to the enemy to get access to what he's created for. Mm. Right? Yeah. He's resisting right. what he was created for. He was created for dominion. Right. And he knew why he was here to bring back dominion to humans of which like he came from Mary. He was part Mary, right? Yeah. The Holy spirit overshadowed her. So he was not just pretending to be a human, right? Yeah. There's some, there's some camps that, that flex hard on like he was fully God and had like God Oracle knowledge, like a crystal ball. And then like just submitted that as though he was a man. Mm -hmm. And then there's other camps that say like, no, he was completely ignorant and through being a Jew learned a lot about what the word said. Mm -hmm. And then through his perfection being worked out, like he learned who his father was and the Holy spirit were. Mm -hmm. And so I don't, I don't know where to land that plane personally, but yeah. Yeah. But he had to resist the temptation, no less. Right. Like to take what he wanted, what he was created for, what was like really going to satisfy him. Like God has plans and purposes for him. And that was to take over the, the world, essentially take the keys of sin and death. But 
Satan saying, shortcut that. Yeah, don't don't suffer to do it. Yeah. I'll give it to you now. I know that those 12 apostles, one we day that you're going to walk with, are going to be really difficult. And one's probably even going to betray you. The other one who you like pour yourself into, like he's going to be so arrogant. He didn't actually say all that. But like human relationship and submitting to doing things God's way is actually way more messy than what Satan tries to tempt you with. Right. Satan's always like, take the microwave way to get what you want right now. It's not going to hurt that bad. It's not going to be that detrimental. Who does it harm? You're by yourself. Like, it's just you and me. You know, like the way he talks to us, he it's doesn't real. say, hey, go do this thing you have no interest in. Right? Yeah. He's tempting Jesus with what he was created to be satisfied with. Just outside of God's timing and God's way. Yeah. So the next one says, and he, Satan, took him, Jesus, to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you and on their hands, they will bear you up lest you strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered him, it is said, you shall not put the Lord, your God to the test. Mm -hmm. So Satan kind of flips the script. He's like, he's like, oh, I see you're a man of the word. Let me, (laughs) (laughs) let me tell you what else is written. Yeah. Hey, are you aware of this promise? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And like we wrestled with this when we were talking about it and we've heard a bunch of teachings on the temptations of Jesus. Uh, We're moving on from this place to get to the heart of the matter of today, but we wanted this to lay the foundation. But when we were wrestling with this, it was like, this is really a test to see if God's going to follow through on a rescue for him. Right. Like Jesus is the lamb slain before the foundations of the earth. Right. And that's in Revelation. So he didn't necessarily read that in scripture while he was studying Torah, but I'm sure there were other scriptures that he, as he was studying, he probably discovered, this doesn't look like I don't have to suffer. Yeah. There are (laughs) Psalms that talk about a savior will come. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So all of scripture testifies of him, but in this moment, it's kind of like, let's, let's put some feelers out there and see how God comes through for you. Yeah. Like how much protection is he going to offer you? And what it like a test of his faithfulness, right? You know, yeah, just how do, many do times, a quick little dry run. Let's yeah. just see if he'll catch you if you jump. Yeah. With our obedience, whenever God asks us to do uncomfortable things, right, mom, we do uncomfortable things. Um, <laughs> how many times are we like, well, I'll do this small obedience first and we'll see if you come through for me. You know what I mean? Meanwhile, we don't actually just follow through. And sometimes that actually just really complicates everything. <laughs> People who are following Jesus, can I get an amen? Like, have you done this before? I've done this before of like, I'm just going to do this amount of what you said and see how well that pans out. And then, you know, we'll see. But that's not obedience, right? Right. That's actually disobedience. Right. Awesome sauce. Okay. So Jesus in the wilderness goes in full of the Holy Spirit, right? Mm-hmm. Who can tell me what it what what that meant? Yes, completely occupied. Not like when I make time after Twitter, but like completely <laughs> occupied with, right? Yeah. But he leaves this place mm-hmm. of testing yeah. after being hungry in the will of the Lord 
resisting through the word, knowing the character and the nature of his father, he leaves in what relationship? He le- oh, and Jesus returned in the power of the spirit to Galilee. Yeah, so he goes to Galilee in, in the, the power, power of, the of the spirit. Will you write it down for me up yeah. there? Power. So the word power means the power to perform strength, power to achieve, I love this, by applying the Lord's inherent abilities. So this is going from being aware of the Lord's abilities, being occupied with it. Like sometimes we can be great big fans of things, but it doesn't mean we give our life to do them. Right? So there's a difference between being occupied with something and then following through and giving your life to something. Right? So he came out not just full of the Holy Spirit, but with the power of the Holy Spirit. Does that make sense? He took my notes. We'll wait for him. It is. Will you read it out loud to them? Yeah, just one second. I can't read in, right? <laughs> You're handsome. I have a brilliant personality. <laughs> Praise God. All right. So it says, right here. power to perform, strength, power to achieve, by applying the Lord's inherent abilities. Mm-hmm. So the dunamis power, it's fun to listen to Brian Cannon talk about this because he gets fired up. He does. Um, <laughs> it's one of my favorite teachers. <laughs> yeah. But the dunamis power doesn't happen by osmosis. Mm, good word. It does not happen by coming to church on Sunday. It doesn't. It it exists in you. Like the power of the Holy Spirit exists in you because the Holy Spirit, if you have accepted Jesus, you acknowledge your need of him and you acknowledge him. um, You you declare that he is your Lord and Savior with your mouth. Like you have a well inside of you. But how many of you know wells exist underneath the ground all the time, but it doesn't mean they're tapped into or that anybody's drawing anything out of them. Right. Right. So Jesus, this is in his thirties, y'all. There's so much time that is built up to this point. There's so much that's been poured into him leading up to this place of him being full of the Holy spirit, then demonstrating it in power in a secret place. Right. He wasn't like updating everybody fast day 22, no temptations as of yet. (laughs) Like it wasn't a public spectacle. This is Jesus alone, obeying in a secret place, trusting his father. He's not out there building his media platform so that he can blast it when he gets done with the fast. It's not, I'm going to launch my brand after this is over. This is, I trust the father in his ways and I'm submitting. I I'm the pattern, right? And so 
How many times does the Lord invite us to do something, but it doesn't look fancy or it doesn't look comfy? And we're like, maybe that wasn't Jesus. Like, maybe that was the pizza. But sometimes pizza tells us to do crazy things, and we're like, that sounds like Jesus. (laughs) That sounds like fun. Um, So I want to kind of rewind a little bit in our timeline. And I want to go back to where Jesus is a boy in the temple. We're going to be in Luke 2, 42 through 52. I will write it up there so that you can read it, Matthew Lahan. Okay. We're actually going to do uh, 41. 41? Yeah. Just one verse. 41. Okay. Yeah, one verse. I see. Okay. So it says, and now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he, Jesus, was 12 years old, they went up according to the custom. And when the feast was ended, they were returning The boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents did not know it, but supposing him to be in the group, they went a day's journey, but then they began to search for him among their relatives and acquaintances. And when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem, searching for him. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. Mm -hmm. And he said to them, Why were you looking for me? Mm -hmm. Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? And they did not understand the sayings that he spoke to them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. And his mother treasured up all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and favor with man. (laughs) Y'all, they lost the savior of the world. It wasn't Matthew reading with a monotone voice like (laughs) panic, panic, right? Yeah. How many of you guys have lost your kid in a store or an amusement park? Eh? Yeah, that feeling. Can you imagine being a day's journey away from the savior, the savior? Like, for real. Because it's, they were a day away and then they had to go a day back. And then he had a really great point. Like, what if he jumped into somebody else's caravan and he's going the other way? Like, can you imagine? Mary had one job. (laughs) Very good. Um, So who in here? is around the age of 12, 13, 14, or has a kid who is? 10 10 to 14. Get them up. Let's see them. Okay. All right. Okay. This, I'm having such a hard time sitting. I'm not, I want to say all the things. Turn it around backwards. (laughs) No, that's, I'm not falling off. Thank you. Um, He is 12 years old. Yeah. Matthew and I have the privilege and the honor, and I'm not just saying that. Like it is a privilege and an honor of working with our 612 students. Yeah, it really is. Um, they are fertile soil for the word of God. And if you want to see like something that matters to the father's heart, kids ministry and teenage ministry is the father's heart. Yeah. Jesus is 12, which in his culture means he's like becoming a man. Right. This is a moment in time where it would have been time for his bar mitzvah. And he's making a declaration that I do not want lost on us. 
Okay, so when I was younger, I used to think like, oh, snap, Jesus was rebellious. But no, that's not what was happening here. Yeah. Okay. Well, and, and so that's why I asked you, let's go, let's go back one more verse to verse 41, because it says they were at a Passover meal. Yeah. So like here he is becoming a man and knowing a lot of scripture. And then he just went to the Passover meal. Maybe that's whenever God dropped it in his lap. Yeah. There's, and there's a lot of speculation here. This isn't thus day at the Lord. We're just, just, just chatting. Yeah, just a little small talk. We're just enjoying the scripture. But like, what if author. at that point he, he was wrestling? Oh, maybe this is it. Maybe yeah. I'm about to be a man. Maybe I'm about to start my ministry. Or, oh my gosh, this is testifying of me. Right. But Let he's, me go talk he's to asking these. questions. He is asking questions. It says questions. he's asking questions. And he's answering. And he's listening. Which you guys are doing lovely. You're listening. These amazing teenagers on the front row. Listening and asking questions. But he's 12 years old and he makes a declaration. Mary says, how could you do this to your father? Joseph. And me. And Jesus said, do you not know I had to be in my father's house? Amen. Okay. The word father there is pater. And it means the one whose likeness you are being formed into. And so whenever Jesus is saying, I had to be in my father's house, Joseph was a good guy. Joseph was a great guy. Can we just like Joseph, you, he covered a multitude of the appearance of sin. Right. He laid down his own reputation. Right. He heard and obeyed the father. Even Probably though lost a couple of jobs. There's no telling. Not only town hop, but country hop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> True. They were refugees, y'all, yeah. for the sake of the obedience of the father. So, And obviously a carpenter, and we're not talking about like wood with a saw. We're talking about stone. Yeah, he's a hard-working dude. He's a man among men. Yeah, Joseph's a good guy. So it's not like he's a bad guy. Jesus isn't like, I don't want to be anything like my parents. Yeah. It's not like that, right? But how many people have heard the phrase, like, I just want to raise good humans, yeah. What are we doing? Like, <laughs> we don't want to raise good humans. We want to raise like children of God. Amen. Right? So Amen. Jesus at 12 years old, hear me front row. He declared, I'm not being conformed to this culture. I'm not being conformed to the impulses of a 12 year old male body. Can I get an amen? Amen. You know what I'm saying? I'm not We're going not to be. I didn't get explicit, <laughs> but I'm not being driven by my impulses. Good word. Right. Yeah. I have vision for who I'm becoming. That's not of this world. I'm actually going to be formed in the likeness of my heavenly father. And that declaration is possible. He's the son of God. Yes, but he's his spirit lives inside of you. If you're born again. I do not have faith for a season of rebellion for a single one of our kids. Amen. I don't. I do not believe that we have to taste the world in order for us to hunger and thirst for righteousness. I mean, we're born children of wrath. wrath. That wrath. can be enough. Yes. Yeah. I think if we are sober-minded about the fact, like Ephesians 2, check it out. We are not born sweet, little, innocent, perfect, heavenly angels, guys. But, but new age actually teaches this. And this is why we have to know the word. We are born as children of wrath, all of us, and we are all in need of a savior. And we, as parents can like declare the word of God over our kids 
and we can set them aside for the Lord. Amen. And at the age of accountability, they will make their decisions. But our children, they, they wrestle with spiritual forces of this present darkness. And they need to know how to fight because the enemy doesn't care how old your kids are. Yeah. He doesn't. So whenever you were talking about uh, whose images are you being transformed into, it reminded me of like the Shema, yes. which is where like, like it says, you, O Israel, know that your God is one. Mm-hmm. And then it goes on to say, um, like, like take these commandments and bind them to your wrist. They had this little wrist hassle thing. And then they had mm-hmm. like another little headlamp looking hootus. And, uh, <laughs> and, and it said like, bind them to your forehead. Um, but, but like the Lord like writes those on our heart now. Yeah. But it says also like take these and, and then bind them to yourself, but then write them on your doorposts and then like teach them to your kids as you go about your way. Yes. Right. And your so, daily life, not Sunday morning, dropping correct. them off in kids men. Correct. Though we're thankful you bring them. Right. <laughs> like your everyday life. A hundred percent. So I'm glad that you pulled me back in because, um, Matthew and I have not had our own children yet. We, we've been married for like 13 years and that hasn't been part of our story yet. But the Lord, even before we had struggles with infertility, the Lord put a desire in our heart to foster. That's true. And for us to partner with the Lord to see restoration of families. Right. And that means not just the kids. Right. Right. We're not offended at parents who didn't have parents or who, who have other things going on. Sure. We desire to see the kingdom come, which is the wholeness of God, spirit, soul, and body come to whole families. Because I don't know if any of you are related to someone who's adopted or you are adopted yourself. There is a, there is a hole in your heart that longs for what was original intent, right? No matter how great your adopted family is, there is a grief whenever there's a severing of that. It's a grief, no matter how old they are, you can have them from the day that they were born and that, that knitting together in their womb, in the mother's womb, that it's real. Like that, that soul is being formed at conception, right? Those are not cells. That's, that's a soul. Okay. So whenever children are in foster care, you don't know how long you're going to have them. Never, ever. We've, we've been told (laughs) Years and it's been months and we've been told months and it's been days and we've been told days and it's been months and years and years. And years. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. yeah. Um, we kind of didn't plan on getting in foster care whenever we got in foster care Fair. officially. Um, it was right at the same time whenever I started here at grace and it seems like the Lord was asking a lot, um, <laughs> two weeks in and overseeing kids ministry and student ministry and then four kids on top of it. It was like, Wee! here goes the deep end. Um, but with not being promised tomorrow with these kids, yeah. it put a burning urgency in us for them to encounter the real and living God. One that I have discovered kind of gets lost on you whenever you're, you think you have them until they're about 18 or maybe they'll come back after college. Like, does it really, well, we'll, 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 we'll read the Bible later. Yeah. Right. Or we'll be transformed into his likeness later. Like right now is a busy season for us. We're remodeling our house right now. Right. And that's a lot. But soccer season. So, uh, I don't know how you soccer parents do it <laughs> for real. That stresses me out just reading your schedules. But one of the things that I knew 
was that a promise of God, children are like arrows, mm-hmm. right? We don't keep arrows. What is an arrow for? Hitting it's a the weapon and you put it in the boat and you release it. It's to leave you. It's not to stay with you forever. We're not raising our companions. We are creating weapons in the father's hands to displace darkness. And they are so capable, like so capable from the youngest of ages. It's true. It I'm sorry, baby boy. Um, well, I'm reminded like whenever we, whenever we first started under Gretchen in, in kids ministry, and we opened up prayer time for them to pray. Oh, snap. And man, like the prophetic gifting that would flow through mm-hmm. some of them. And it was just like. We have some great memories. We do. We really do. But I mean, it, there is no junior Holy Spirit. We there say isn't. that. But it, man, these kids are not just kids. They really are. They're his. We want them to be his right. kids. But it doesn't happen by accident. Right. Jesus didn't accidentally grow into this 30-year-old man of radical obedience. Good word. Great intentionality. They, they studied scripture. And before he did anything flashy, before he did anything that made whole cities become displaced to follow him, he submitted to his parents. Do you think he agreed with everything they did? I bet they folded their towels weird. <laughs> like in heaven we don't do it that way <laughs> but seriously Check do we always agree fold. with our parents no. no like the word tells us if you submit to your parents if you obey your parents your life will go well and it will be long right. i think it's because you learn how to not just do whatever you want and you learn to hear a voice that's outside of yourself that has vision for you beyond what your impulses are. Well, and the voice that protects you and the voice that feeds you. And yeah. yeah. And human parents are just a type and shadow, right? right? Like human parents, sometimes they abuse us. Am I right? Yeah. Like sometimes they misuse us. It's not that they're saints, but it's a discipline that's built into our life cycle that actually helps us learn how to live a life of freedom. Because you're going to be old enough where you get to eat the whole pan of brownies if you want to. <laughs> and nobody's going to tell you to go to bed. And then you're sick all night. Like, it's not speaking from experience. Like, there's no one to re- restrain your flesh. <laughs> there's no one there to restrain your flesh except for you and the Holy Spirit. But we have to learn to submit to God. And that happens whenever we're kids. How are we doing on time? we got about 15 minutes. Um I want to, I want to revisit this scripture that the Lord interrupted my life um, whenever he called me to be the kids pastor here at Grace. Um, I did a whole teaching on it where we break the whole thing down in like 2020. So if you want to go back, I don't know how hard it is to find it, but it's really, really good to look at all of the context and all of the words and everything. But we're just going to look at it really briefly. Matthew, will you read Luke 18, 15 through 17? Yep. Now they were bringing even infants to him that he might touch them. And when the disciples saw it, they rebuked them. But Jesus called to them saying, let the children come to me and do not hinder them for to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. So we're not talking about we need to be childish right. to enter the kingdom of God. Like a child. It's childlike. 
But the word that stood out to me whenever the Lord gave me this scripture was hinder. Like, don't hinder them. This doesn't mean don't keep them from going to Sunday school. This means don't put a barrier between your kids and a relationship with Jesus. But how many of us know, because we watched our own parents and we've watched society, like, they don't need you to tell them what to do. They need to see you do it. Right. They need right. to watch transformation as you lay down your lesser loves and you find true satisfaction by the spirit of God. Yeah. Like what we're talking about, the fullness. We cannot be shocked that our kids are hungering and thirsting for affirmation. We can't right. be shocked that they're full of anxiety when they spend 90% of their time on devices that are tr- like literally created to trigger dopamine inside of their brain to make them addicted. It makes them irritable. Makes us irritable. Right. <laughs> we can't be shocked that they don't want to submit to a gospel that says to live a quiet life and work with their hands. Yeah. When we don't want that. Right. Well, back to hinder, if, if we're talking about, like, if we apply that with the law of first mention, mm-hmm. then, like, it, so you do a really good job of the law of first mention. I'll, I'll try it, but you, you fix it. Okay. okay. So it's, it means, like, like, whatever you hear first is kind of like what is implanted into your brain. And it's so like the that, standard. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. And then also, like, likewise, father and mother, right, we learn who those people are. And then that is like our foundation for the other things being built. So if here is these people who, who have chosen to not talk about this, and then now all of a sudden they're thrown into society or a tablet or their friends or whatever. And then their friends say, well, God is this, or God is that. Then now it's like, well, one, why did my parents not tell me this? Mm-hmm. And so two, like, that's the first they've heard about it. So it must, it's at least got the first imprint. Right. And so then you have to do a lot more work to, to get through that. So that really is a hindrance to not hear and obey and share the, yeah. the word with God. Yeah. Which also reminds me of one of our foster kiddos. I was just Are you? That. Go ahead. You tell no, the story. No, you tell it. No, you tell it. Okay. No, you're pretty. <laughs> one of our uh, first placements, they came up with this game on their own. Do you guys know the song um, House of Miracles by Brandon Lake? I'd sing it, but I'd butcher it. Come alive in, in the, the name, name of Jesus. Jesus. Come alive. Yeah. In the name so they would think of ways that they saw God's faithfulness. And they did one of these snap games where they all were doing this and they were singing, come alive in the name of Jesus. And then they would say, I saw him do this. And I saw him do this. And they go around the circle. I didn't even teach them to do it. I wish I could take credit for it. Yeah, that's good. And I remember, uh, we don't have a relationship with them anymore because of some circumstances, but I know that they met him I don't weep for me. It makes my heart grieved because there's like division there. But I know that seeds of the gospel are in those kids. Right. And the size of a mustard seed is all it takes. And once you've tasted the real gospel, not religion, not all of the requirements, but if you have seen the father, you are going to be absolutely dissatisfied by every lesser thing. You're going to find yourself in a pigsty and say, at least in my father's house. Even the That's servants true. are fed. Right. Right. Well, and, and then back to that, like we were in the process of being dissatisfied with our lives. Yeah. And we were doing what we believed was the best 
that, that the Lord was telling us to do and yeah. to own. And, and it was just every day, day by day. And, and one of those little girls said, you all like do this Jesus stuff every day. Every day. And it was like a shock because I mean, there was a long season in my life where it was, you know, Jesus on Sunday. And then you do your best because you want to be a good human through yeah, the rest of the week. Human, like but there, there's not a lot of Jesus through the rest of the week. And, mm-hmm. and so whenever she said that, you know, you all do this every day. Mm-hmm. Like, Sometimes I can forget that, that it's not normal. Right. And it's not because we've always been that way. Like what you say. Yeah. And, do not hear what we are not saying. Um, the first year that we had kids in foster care, like we were nearly divorced by the end of it. Yeah, it was, it was our up. crucible. Like we were hungry by the end of that desert. Okay. <laughs> and we were not saying it is written. <laughs> I'm serious. It real was talk. like, real it talk. was yeah. for real. I actually had a dream where, um, this snake was trying to break down the front door of our house. And I had this blunted dull knife that I was trying to cut the head off of the snake with while Matthew was wrestling it to the ground and trying to keep it from biting us. And the Lord showed me that blunted knife was my lack of time in the word. And so whenever the enemy said, your husband doesn't even like you. Why would you say marry to somebody who hates you? And the world is like, you only live once. And then other people are making decisions around us. It was like, did God really say? It's fair. Our kids need armed with the same weaponry we do. Right. It is, it, he doesn't wait for whenever you are prayed up and hyped up and saying all the right songs. It's not whenever the enemy tempts you. Yeah. It is whenever you are like on no sleep, month nine of your family falling apart, trying to do your best for Jesus. Like whenever the enemy is just like, here we go. Like an opportune time. But Jesus had 30 years of being full of the word. Right. But I think in the best intentions of like wanting kids to find their place, because we all want our kids to find their place. We want them to have something really flashy to do. And I, I'm a firm believer that kids need to have a, a role to play in the church. But we cannot underplay the value of time in Scripture in our homes with our families alone where no one sees, where we are just pouring the Word of God into them and into ourselves. Right. And not out of fear, yeah. but out of delight and knowing that He is the one who satisfies. He is the one who can guard their hearts and their minds. Because the truth is, church, while we as foster parents weren't promised tomorrow with any of these kids, and we've seen radical transformation in families, you are not promised tomorrow with your children. Right. And I don't say that to scare you. You're not promised tomorrow with your spouse or any of your family members. Right. And it's arrogant for us to think we can put off to tomorrow. What is the the parable where it's like, well, I need to go bury my father oh, and I, yeah. I'm, I'm just getting married and the I have feast, to settle the these accounts. The yeah. yeah. Can't come to the marriage supper of the lamb. Sorry, Jesus. Maybe next year it'll be a better time. I'm really working on my physique. <laughs> it's idolatry, church. It is idolatry. Yeah. It's the stuff the world cares about and it doesn't matter for eternity. Yeah. Are we living for this world or are we living for eternity? And like we're slaves to whatever we worship, right? I'd rather be a slave to Jesus Christ. Amen. Yeah. 
Like it's freedom. And then our kids get to see that because we can have delight in hard things. Matthew and I go through hard things. Somebody asked me at the word of the year workshop, um, does Annie, does anything not bring you joy? And I was like, I don't like being woke up in the morning, (laughs) but infertility really sucks. Like it's really not fun and it doesn't make sense. But I can tell you the compassion that I have whenever I sit on a couch with a mama who can't have her kids because she doesn't know how to have self-discipline or how to break free from addiction, that longing for her kids, I can relate to that. And I don't want to steal her kids because I can do better. I want to build her up like a daughter of the most high God, know her identity in Jesus so that her children's children aren't going to be in this position. But that only happens whenever we lay on the altar, those things that only happens through relationship with him. Whenever Um, we pick up our cross. We need to, <laughs> we need to wrap it up, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> Word up. Well, we do need to wrap it up, though. Um, <laughs> I'm mindful of our kids' ministry <laughs> teams. Um, so we say all of this to say, like, we don't want to hinder our kids because of our own passivity and our relationship with the Lord. Right. Right? And that's not going to happen by beating yourself up. That's not going to change that way. It's Repentance true. means we change after being with. We acknowledge I am not obeying God's word. And we don't church it up like, well, I just really, I want to do better. No, call it what it is. I do not prioritize God in my life. And because of that, this is what this looks like. Right. There's no fruit because I'm not planted, I'm not watered, and I'm not receiving. Can we just call it what it is? (laughs) Right? And because the freedom is on the other side of it of Well, praise God, there's a solution to that problem when we've named it, right? I'm going to lay down my right to do whatever I want because God knows what's better and what will satisfy me. Maybe I'm hungry for a season. Maybe I'm uncomfortable with the fact that I have nothing to do because I'm used to having 1,200 things to do. Like, it's okay to be hungry. You can be in the will of God and be hungry. Mm -hmm. So if you have not asked the Lord what to fast, I dare you. (laughs) for the sake of your freedom and for the generations that are represented in this room right? to cut off the things that are hindering you and your family from receiving the fullness that he has for you. We have an opportunity for our families here at grace um, for you guys to join us as we build a foundation in God's word. I've got to stand up. I can't do this anymore. Um, We, (laughs) We are sober-minded about the fact that it's not about your good feelings, your camp experiences, or like one high to the next with God, not going to the right conference or being around all the right people that's going to sanctify you and make you well. It's not, that's not what's going to transform you or your household. It is a daily practice of being in the word and being in it with the Holy Spirit. The author of the word is going to teach it to us, but we are not going to be deceived because we are going to discipline ourselves like an athlete, like an athlete doesn't get to sleep in and refuse to go to to practice, right? Like you get up and you go, my color guard people, like the band members, like our kids are very capable of doing hard things. Band is, I don't even understand how y'all do that. Well, I want to weigh it with like, this isn't, 
because of duty either. No. Like this is a privilege and an honor that we get to spend yeah, time with the Lord. Into the king's throne Likewise, room. like for those of you who are married, which should be greater than 90% of the room. I mean, like you didn't get married to not spend time with that person. Hopefully. And that's what this invitation to God is. Like he said, I am Jehovah God with you. And like, then we say, cool, thanks. I'll holler at you when I need you. <laughs> or when and, I die, I'll move into your mansion. Right. And instead of, instead of it is a day to day relationship. Yeah. And like, that's, it's, it's just very important that, that we spend time with the one that we were created for. So we have these physical copies and these goodie bags for families with kids. Um, I have enough that as long as it's just one per family, even if you don't have kids, you're welcome to take one. Um, But this is a schedule that we're going to follow. So Monday through Friday, we're in one chapter a day, okay? Don't pass out on me. We can read a chapter of the Bible every day, (laughs) okay? We can do this. We can. And what we're going to do is we are going to learn the word in context. We're not just taking pieces here and there. We are going to look at passage by passage, as it builds on itself, we're going to recognize things and we're going to meditate on those things. And we're going to invite the Holy Spirit to teach us these things so that we, one, get to know him, right? get to spend time with him, right? Like it's not just about getting saved. Like Matthew said, like it's about getting to know him and fall in love with him. Okay, so we're going to do those during the weeks, but on the weekends we have reflect and review. Okay, that means we're going to be looking at what we read and we're going to be growing in our knowing of what was there. It's not just, we're not just hammering through a Bible plan to check off a good Christian checklist. Right. Okay, it's not the goal, but it is, we want to ruminate on it. Like, have you ever had really good food and you're like, I can't wait for the leftovers. Like, I want to eat that again. (laughs) But Gretchen has done a great job of making some videos, explaining some tools to be able to reflect on scripture, some different ways to be able to get it inside of you. Parents um, who have young kids and your kids may not be able to comprehend what's Um, written in scripture, there is a tool we have called storying where you retell what you read and you can use your own words after you've sat in it to tell your kids what um, you heard. And then something in Jewish tradition that they do is they used to give them a taste of honey when scripture was read so that they would be reminded of scripture with a sweet taste in their mouth. I just remembered that I didn't invite Nikki up to share. No, it's very important. Sorry. Come here. Um, Nikki was sharing in staff meeting. Everybody give her a round of applause. I, I say Nikki makes my dreams come true all the time. She makes all of the beautiful things happen for kids ministry. But the Lord was showing her something um, that I would like for her to share. Yeah, so she stuck me at the end here, so I have a limited amount of time to share because I could probably talk just as long as she did. Um, <laughs> so... We've been talking a lot about getting into scripture, not just here, but in staff. We've been talking about it for weeks in our staff meetings. Um, if you didn't know, I'm on staff here at Grace Church. Um, I'm an administrative assistant, so that's what she says. I make her dreams come true. She does. When somebody needs something done, I do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but we've been talking about it for weeks, just the importance of scripture and how a lot of us don't even know 
how little we know. Yeah. And so I was watching this Facebook video, and it was just this guy. He wasn't even on camera. He was filming. But he would walk up to people on the boardwalk. He was at the beach. And he said, I'll give you $20 if you could tell me a scripture. And he had clips of lots of people. Most, no, no, that's okay. Or I don't, no, I don't know any, I, you know, I don't need that. And one lady even flipped him off. Didn't say anything. Just that was, yeah, go away. Um, he finally comes to this one guy. He says, I'll 20, give you $20 if you could tell me a scripture. He goes, I can tell you a whole bunch of them. What do you want to know? And he starts just naming off these scriptures and where they are. Like, not just the verse, but where it is found in scripture. And they weren't the ones that I always take for granted. Everybody knows, because apparently not everyone knew. But these were some hard-hitting scriptures. But he got to this one, and he said, Hosea 4, 6, my people perish for lack of knowledge. Mm. And that has stuck with me. And I'm like, why has that stuck with me? And so I've been really thinking it over. Um, We're talking about being in context Mm -hmm. of scripture. And so even though Hosea 4 is not the most pleasant scripture to read, um, I want to read a little bit of it to you because the Lord is... God was talking to Israel. That's his chosen and beloved people. And he was talking to them, and he's like, Hear the word of the Lord, you children of Israel, for the Lord brings a charge against the inhabitants of the land. There is no truth or mercy or knowledge of God in the land. And he goes on to like tell them, You don't know me. You don't know my words. And when he says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I will also reject you from being priest for me. Because you have forgotten the law of your God, I will forget your children. The more they increase, the more they sinned against me. And I will change their glory into shame. Like, that hurts. Ew. Like, ew, no, that, but that, that's Old Testament. Like, oh, that doesn't apply. No. Yes, it does. I, I had to look. I had to look at the context of this scripture. There's so many things the Lord has brought. Uh, through what Annie said today, and I'm sitting over there because I knew she was going to invite me up. I'm like, what do I say? What makes sense? Like, that's kind of bleh. Like, I'm going to leave people with that. <laughs> and he said, what are the truths in this in this scripture? And he said, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. That was true then, and that's true today. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I Bible hub some of the words and... Um, <clears throat> Perish, my people perish for lack of knowledge. My people are destroyed. They cease. They stop being. It means that they, they aren't right. my people. Yeah. Um, for lack of knowledge, that knowledge is that experience, that knowing of God, who he is, having experiences with him, having things that you can look back on in your own life to say, I know the Lord because here is where he showed up. This is who he is. And so that's true. People are destroyed for lack of knowledge yeah um it's true that because we if we reject him he doesn't remember us yeah and it's also true that if i have forgotten if i forget if i don't pass along my knowledge my experience of the lord then he will forget my children and that's where it really brought me back to is wow if i don't experience the lord does my child have a hope of experiencing the lord and he really humbled me in that because that is still true. That is not something that's just Old Testament and has been washed away. If I don't get my act together and I don't experience the Lord, if I don't know scripture, when she asks me questions, I have nothing to tell her. Mm-hmm. And that impacts her future. Mm-hmm. That impacts her knowledge of the Lord, her, her experience choices. with him. Like you said, law first. What is it? Law first? Mention. 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 Yeah. What if I can't mention him? What? What? 
does that leave with her? Yeah. And so the Lord really brought a charge against me. He said, you got to know me, mm-hmm. not just for her, for you. you mm-hmm. got to know me. Mm-hmm. And so through all of that, I said, okay, those are the truths. Those are hard, Lord, but what's different? Mm-hmm. What's different now? You sent me a helper. Mm-hmm. The Lord has not left me. Amen. He has sent me a helper. Amen. Because this was, yes, Old Testament. Right. They did not have the Holy Spirit living inside of them like I do. And so he sent me hope. Yeah. He sent me hope that this is too hard for you to do. Yes. I will do it. Yes. Let me do it. Amen. And so all I have to do is know what he said. Mm -hmm. If I read what he said, if I learn through context why he said it, who he said it to, Mm -hmm. and how does it apply to me, Yeah. then I know him. I've learned him. I've experienced him. So when my daughter asks me questions, because she's in that age, just like Annie was Mm -hmm. talking about, I raised my hand when she said, you have kids, you know, 10 to 14. Yep. I got a 13 year old and man, she used to believe everything I said. (laughs) We're getting to the age where we believe nothing that I say, (laughs) but she wants to experience it for herself. Right. Mm -hmm. And so if I want her to know the God that I know, I want to have these, these answers for her questions. I want to be able to point her, not just to my experience, but to the experience I want to point her to the one that can give her her own experience. But the way that he gave that to me is going to be the exact same way he gives it to her through mm-hmm. scripture, right. yeah. through what that he rhema. has said, because that, that lets us know who he is outside of our opinion, mm-hmm. outside of our worldly life experiences. Yeah. But it's going to let, if I can teach her how I learned, mm-hmm. she can learn without me. Mm. Amen. Like that's what I've been charged That's an for. arrow. You're, exactly. you're, you're empowering her to be a weapon. Exactly. And so when I look at this, you know, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. That's not going to be because of me. Amen. Like the Lord said, Come on, it is Nikki not Reed. because of you. That's not my burden to carry that I am not her experience. My charge as a parent, uh, whether it's a spiritual parent or actual, you know, biological, biological parent, my charge is to know him for myself. Because if I know him for myself, then there is no way that the Lord could ever look at me and say, you didn't pass that on. Because it's going to come out of me. It's going to come out of everything that I do. Like you said, you guys do this Jesus thing every day. I don't have to say anything to her for her to see the way I live. She sees that every day in our house. She sees it in the way I react to her. Or, you know, but if I don't know any of the scriptures, I'm setting myself up Mm -hmm. to fail. To fill her, yeah. to fill myself. The Lord never looks at me and says, you're a giant failure. I fail all the time. Yeah. But if I learn who he is, if I learn from those experiences that I'm going to have with her where I say, I don't know. Yeah. Like, Let's I don't know. figure it out together. Let's find out. Let's see what the Lord said. Mm-hmm. If we can do that together, man, I mean, I want to be counted as one of his people. I want to be part of that Israel, but not this one. <laughs> you know, yeah. there's a reason. Like, if you look into it later, I mean, yeah. obviously his relationship with Israel was redeemed. And I have that same exact hope. Amen. But, man, it, we've got to get into the scripture. I never realized before how important it was. Mm-hmm. Because I've been a believer since I was 14 years old. Since I was almost my daughter's age, I've been a believer. And how much scripture do I know? He's revealed to me that I don't know much. Yeah, sometimes we have the sense that we do because we've heard a lot of podcasts or we've heard a lot of sermons, Mm -hmm. but we don't actually know the context or even who it was written to. Yeah. Uh, Like, 
Well, when we went through Acts and the and new church, I didn't realize how much of a mess they kind of were at the beginning, you know, but they worked <laughs> those figuring things it out. out. They, they worked things out with the Lord, but that's something I've never known in 20-something years of being a believer, how little I know. And mm-hmm. so the Lord has really told me this year, you're going to get to know me mm-hmm. even deeper because you're going to know what I said. Amen.